In case you missed the big announcement on last week's episode, Themis Bar Review is now the official season sponsor for Legally NYC. You may be thinking, why is a bar review company sponsoring a podcast that is focused on law school life? Well, the easy answer is that Themis is so much more than just bar prep. Their resources for law school are second to none, not to mention they are free. They have law school essentials courses for 1Ls and for those in their 2L or 3L years. Each course features online videos, comprehensive outlines, and even practice questions so you can test your knowledge before it's tested on your final exams and eventually on the bar exam. If you haven't seen a Themis attorney rep on your campus and are looking for free law school essentials materials, sign up for it at themisbarsocial.com slash legally NYC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Illegally NYC. This is your host, Erin, and I have a guest with me today. This is Monica. Hi. So um, we have Monica on today to talk a bit about eating healthy, but like having a good mindset around food. So before we dive into the episode, though, let's get to know Monica a little bit. So Monica is a registered dietitian that's correct right yes very correct <laughs> okay so um do you want to give kind of your elevator pitch like how would you introduce yourself yeah so i like you said i'm a registered dietitian i have been a dietitian for about 4 years now um and i'm now doing you know kind of like my own practice and social media and stuff like that but i started out like wanting to become a dietitian just because i had a real love for food and learning about food and food science. I also love to cook. So that's kind of how I got into it. And I went to Penn State for my undergrad for my bachelor's degree in nutrition. And then I went on to become a registered dietitian. I got my master's uh, through the University of Rhode Island and then got my license in, oh God, I think it was like 2018, I think. Yeah. Okay. So you've been doing this for a good yeah. amount of time now. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic always messes with my timeline. But yeah, it was like around there. Um, so I got my license and I moved to Hoboken, New Jersey, actually. And my first job was like part time. I was doing per diem work as a dietitian in a nursing home over there. And I always kind of knew I wasn't going to end up in like a clinical setting for dietetics. It was just not really my vibe. Like a lot of dietitians go into clinical and either work inpatient or outpatient, um, whether that be outpatient via like private practice or they do something with, you know, like a nursing home, like I was doing, but I always kind of knew that clinical part of it wasn't for me. And I really was just in it because I loved the food and I loved being creative. So I actually started my first full-time job 
a lot of dietitians kind of start out per diem. They start like part-time or they like are kind of used as needed in different areas. But my first full-time job, I was actually a corporate dietitian here in New York for a large company. Yeah, it was a great start. Um, I learned a lot. I got to kind of get to know more of the corporate culture, which a lot of dietitians don't get exposure to it. Um, it's such, you know, it's like a medical a medical profession. So not many people break into that corporate space. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome. I mean, I got to like counsel the employees at that work or at that job. And, um, so anyways, I kind of, yeah, I got started with just counseling that those staff members and giving presentations to different groups in the company and things like that. So it was really awesome. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and I started working from home and kind of figuring out, you know, who do I want to work with? What do I want to do in my life and my job? And especially, you know, at that point, I was very inspired by myself and my friends. So obviously we've been doing pandemic stuff for like three years now, but Mm -hmm. in at that point, you know, my friends and I had just moved into like the city area. We were fresh out of school. We were like 22, 23, and I'd really saw a need for there to be somebody who can help women around that age sort of develop a healthy eating pattern. One, because I mean, people who are fresh out of school, like no one teaches you how to eat. You're eating at home with your family until you're 18. Then you're going to college and there's like dining halls and there's going out and there's random late night spots and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it kind of reflected into, you know, my friends graduating, we'd meet up to go out and they'd be like, Oh, you know, I had a piece of candy for dinner because I didn't know what to make. So I was kind of like, okay, no one really knows like how to eat and how to apply this for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I also kind of saw a little bit of a need too, because a lot of the dietitians at that point who were in private practice were people who had kind of already gone through their career. And that's sort of what the traditional way of moving into working for yourself used to be, I think, before the pandemic. And then a lot of stuff changed and shifted. But these dietitians, you know, had gone 30, 40 years in clinical and then had the means to be able to start their own practice. And that's kind of, I kind of thought, oh my God, I'm going to be trapped in that. I knew I wanted to work for myself, but I was sort of like, oh, I'm too young. Like everything's just, I'm too young to be doing this. And then I do think there was a huge shift after 2020, Um, and you know, a lot of the feedback I got from friends and people my age who had worked with a dietitian, they were just applying a lot of like old school ways of thinking to a healthy diet and it wasn't super sustainable for people. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to create something that was based on like those everyday habits that you can kind of change and shift and how those add up and can just help you feel better over time, you know, implement healthy habits day to day that are going to lead up to you having like overall consistently like a healthy eating pattern that still applies, you know, like balance and you're able to go have fun. And that was the biggest thing too, is I wasn't, I mean, I'm still not, I'm only 27, but like, I'm like <laughs> still going out and having fun. And I don't ever want anybody to feel like they can't do that to be able to lead a healthy lifestyle. So that's kind of how I got started with my stuff. And now I'm taking private clients and I've had some social media stuff go well. And now I'm, I'm here. Yeah, no, I love that. I had no idea what your background was. I was like, I know she's a dietitian and she's on TikTok now, but that's so interesting. And like, I don't know much about the dietitian world at all. So I didn't realize that a lot of dietitians will be kind of in that like clinical setting for most of their career and then be like, okay, now I can go private. But um, honestly, that makes sense. Like as a law student, because that's how it is for a lot of attorneys that end up private practice too. They started in like some type of like firm or something before they're like, okay, now I've like established myself in my career and now I can have like a private practice. So I think it was like that for a lot of people, a lot of professions and especially to like 
dietitians is a very women dominated profession and most dietitians are women like statistically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that kind of played a role in it too, of women just not thinking like, Oh, I can do this, you know? So I definitely, you know, I have a lot of dietitians reach out to me who are younger twenties, thirties and saying, how did you get started and stuff? And I love kind of sharing that expertise with people too, because I think more people can do it and they just have this fear Mm -hmm. of doing it. And it's not easy for sure. It takes like a certain type of person I think who wants Mm -hmm. to work for themselves and it is a ton of work and it's exhausting, but I do think it's a space that people should feel more comfortable breaking into just because, you know, anybody can do it if they want to. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that you made that leap and now you are working for yourself. So you're not stuck in that like setting that you didn't want to be like, I, I don't know. I can't imagine. That's something that like, as like lost a law student, like I'm trying to figure out like, I have to work for someone, but like, could I work for myself at some point? Um, So it's interesting to see how that plays out in other careers that I don't know as much about. Um, So that's really interesting. But um, okay, so that that was a lot of information. I feel like we really just got to know your whole background. Yeah, that was a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But um, so where do you live right now? Like, what's your city? (laughs) So I'm in Manhattan and I've oh. been in- Okay, I didn't know that. I'm here too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in Manhattan. I've been here for two and a half years in this apartment. Um, and my lease is almost up. I'm going to stay in Manhattan, but I need to get to a better kitchen basically mm-hmm. for what I'm doing now. But yeah, I I was in Hoboken for about a year and like eight months, I think-ish. And then when the pandemic hit, I went back to my hometown of Rochester to be with my parents for probably like- six or seven months. And then I came back and moved in here. Okay. I love it. Another New York city girl. We love yeah. having our New York city people on. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that is a bit about you. So just kind of like, I'm going to give a general overview of what the episode is kind of going to focus on. So um, listeners today, like I said, we're talking about kind of like eating like quote unquote healthy and like healthy mindset around that. So we're going to go through kind of like the benefits of putting in the like time and effort to have like a balanced diet. Like why is it actually important to focus on? Why shouldn't you eat pizza for every meal? Um, And then kind of talking about like the shame mindset around like eating poorly and how to avoid that and tips and such for you all to incorporate more balanced and like healthy energizing foods in your diet without feeling like oh, this is so much. I can't do this. So that's kind of the episode for today. Okay. So we'll start out kind of talking about the benefits of eating a balanced diet, eating healthy and kind of what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? So from a dietitian perspective, how would you like explain to somebody like why eating healthy, eating a balanced diet is important? What does it do for us? I mean, I think the biggest reason that it is important, and I also want to preface by saying like, I see a balanced diet as very much something that is not restrictive, but I kind of look towards it as like somebody who's actively trying to include nutrient dense ingredients, which I'm sure we can like dive more into, mm-hmm. but I mean, one, I think it's important to have that balance. You, it's as important to include the foods that you are working towards like a goal of feeling better as well as the foods that really just like feed your soul. So 
you know, you want to be including foods that are nutrient dense, like fruits, veggies, whole grains, lean proteins, healthy fats, things like that. But it's also important to give yourself that leeway to say, okay, I know that I'm somebody who enjoys going out to eat with my friends and trying new restaurants and trying new cuisines and immersing myself in the culture of my city or traveling or things like that. And knowing that that's something that makes you feel good, like spiritually almost Mm -hmm. that, okay, I'm going to develop that balance. And I'm really going to make sure that I'm including that in my day to day, because once it gets restrictive, one, that's something that no one's ever going to be able to stick to long term. Mm -hmm. And two, you're just going to find yourself in a constant cycle of restricting and then being like, I'm done with this. I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. care. I'm just doing whatever. And then you start to, you know, feel crappy after that. So I like to see that balance as something where you're not restricting, but you're including foods that are nutrient dense, but you're also making sure that it's something that works for you long-term and is sustainable. Yeah. I feel like that's a good way to explain that. And I would, I'm happy that you explained it that way because otherwise I would have pointed out, like, we're not talking like restricting. We're not like, oh, we can't eat like this, this, and this. That's bad. Because then you get into like the disordered eating mindset and like I I have like friends and family close to me that have had eating disorders so that's like something that I feel like I like the way that you talk about food and I appreciate it because you don't talk in kind of the restrictive mindset of like oh we can't eat this we can't eat this because that's how we kind of perpetuate those issues in society and I think that the biggest thing too with the balance overall is it doesn't look the same for everybody you know Mm -hmm. nobody's ever gonna say okay, this exact way of eating this, this food at this time on this day is the way that everybody should be eating. Like, it's so different person to person. And I think that the comparison game gets a lot of people in trouble. Because one person could have, you know, celiac disease, and one person could have diabetes, and one person could be on a weight loss journey. And that's gonna look completely different person to person. So it's hard, because with all of this information that's out there on social media, whether it's factual or not, you know, people are looking at stuff and saying, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it's so in your face that it's like hard to kind of disseminate and say, all right, what is something that's actually going to work for me and make me feel good day to day? Yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely re- re- really important to think about kind of that everybody is at a different place. So like what is balanced and healthy for them will look different depending on like what their goals are or where they are at in life or um any like restrictions they have in their diet of what they can eat. Like if they are celiac, if they're lactose intolerant. So kind of like not just looking at someone's food, like looking at like a, what I eat in a day on TikTok and being like, Oh my God, like they eat so healthy. Like they're not eating any gluten or this or that, but really like maybe they can't eat gluten. Like maybe that's why that looks healthy for them, but it doesn't mean that you should cut it out. So um, yeah, no, I think that's a great way of explaining that. Um, and then, oh, kind of, so that's kind of like the mindset around it, but so the benefits of eating a healthy, I just kind of want to get into that a little bit. Like, what does that do? Like, how is it kind of good for your like mind and body? Like, um, because if you, this is something that like, um, I feel like therapists and stuff talk about a lot too. They're like, you want to like, make sure you're eating a balanced diet because it's actually like good for your brain. Um, And I feel like that's something that's left out a lot. People are just like, oh, I'm eating healthy because like then I can lose weight or this or that. But it's like you might want to 
that's like kind of the negative. That's a con- more concerning mindset. Whereas, mm-hmm. do you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? I feel like yeah, my I totally, I totally get what you're trying to say. It's yeah. a little bit of like a loaded question just because like there yeah. is, that's completely like the science of metabolism. So like yeah. food and every single macro and micronutrient is feeding a different process in your body. So mm-hmm. like, you know, consuming healthy fat is good for your heart, like consuming mm-hmm. foods that are high in fiber, like fruits, veggies, whole grains, nuts is going to be good for your digestion, among other things. I mean, it can, you know, help to lower your cholesterol, it can help to regulate your blood sugar. And there's and I mean, any food that you eat, if you're eating an overall balanced diet is going to help with like, reducing brain fog, like keeping your energy levels up, like if your blood sugar is low, you're going to be crashing in the afternoon, things like that. So I mean, it's important to remember, and I think it's commonly lost because of all the information that's out there is that food is meant to like, feed you and feed your body's processes like down to a cellular level Mm -hmm. so it's important to think about it as like okay I am eating this because it is making me feel good but also I'm making sure that my body's just operating at like its optimal Mm -hmm. potential you know we want to we want to feel energized we want to feel good we want our digestion to be regular we want our brain to be up and running we want our heart to be pumping and able Mm -hmm. to support us so I think that it that gets lost a lot of times because everyone has just so overcomplicated it into all these other aspects with the gut health and the and the eating at nighttime. And there's just all these things out there that people have created a narrative around because everyone is just looking for that one answer that's gonna fix everybody all the time and like be an across the board solution that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, I feel like that kind of goes back into you saying like part of how you saw that there was like a need for your kind of like niche in your career was that like your friends would be like, I just had like a piece of candy for dinner, like kind of understanding that like, yeah, maybe you ate like you ate a bag of I love pretzel M&Ms. Let's see. Let's say I ate a bag of pretzel M&Ms for dinner. And I'm like, yeah, that fed me. But like my brain isn't like getting the nutrients it needs. Like my heart's not getting what it needs. So better to eat something than not at all (laughs) but um but to kind of like think about like why is it important like why yeah kind of like how it just is like helping your body function how it's supposed I feel like that can get lost especially in the trends of like the oh eat this for your gut health okay but like we there's so many other body processes like we're not just focusing on like our gut health and that's how like a balanced diet is important because it gets everything that you need yeah we're really looking to feed the whole self. And that's what overall, like your energy expenditure is going to benefit from because you're saying, okay, I'm, I'm making sure that my organs are like our organs need fuel to operate, you know? And I think that it gets lost on people just because of all of this information and how restriction has come into play. I mean, people are following diets that fully deprive their brain of carbohydrates, you know, and they're not able to, to think straight and they're wondering why. So I think that it's just important for people to really remember, like you deserve to be fed and you deserve to feel mm-hmm. good. And like, even if it, there's going to be nights where, oops, I randomly had pretzel M&Ms for dinner yeah. and that's no big deal. It happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it happens. You're probably going to be hungry later and then, okay, maybe we have a meal then mm-hmm. like, you know, that's not going to keep you full and satiated. But, you know, I think it's important to remember that when those nights do happen, like it doesn't, it's not like a one, um, I always give this example of, I'm blanking on the terminology that I use. It's not like a wash, you know, people oh, kind of have that like all or nothing mentality of, mm-hmm. okay, 
it's, you know, I did this. So like, screw it, whatever. I'm going to go like do whatever I want all weekend. And like, then next week I'm just going to like eat out every meal and I'm going to be upset that I spent the money and then I'm not going to feel well. So I think it's all about kind of like remembering that every day you have the ability to feed your body nutrients and get that balance in order. And, you know, it does take a little effort, but eventually it does become habit for people. So it's sort of just about that, like kickstart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's, yeah, that makes sense. I keep saying that makes sense. Everything just makes sense today. <laughs> but um, I was going to say, oh, like the kind of, if you eat like n- not well, like you'll, let's say I ate pretzel M&Ms for dinner and then I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done for the night. So, um, but I've been trying to remind myself too, because I I have ADHD, so I just have trouble like getting myself to cook a meal sometimes. I'm like, I've got so many other things to do. And if I'm hungry, then I'm like, well, I can't think about what I want to eat. So I try to remind myself like I can eat a snack now and then like reassess in an hour. So yeah. like I could eat like those pretzel M&Ms now and then in an hour be like, okay, now that like my brain is kind of moving and doing things again because I got something inside of me, let's figure out what we can actually cook. So kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's important to be like, just because you had one like bad meal, don't be like, okay, that's it for the week. That's it for the day. That's it for the weekend. I'll try again next week. Like you can, you could come back and try again first thing in the morning. You have pretzel M&Ms for dinner. You can have a balanced breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not putting too much pressure on yourself to be perfect all the time. Mm Because like no one is going to be, no one is like, I'm not, you know? So I think it's, I think it's important to not put as much pressure mm-hmm. on the situation of eating because it just, you know, creates anxiety around it. And then people don't mm-hmm. want to like make changes. So it's all just like such a snowball effect. Yeah. And that's kind of what diet culture does. It kind of like pushes the, like, you have to be perfect. Like you have to eat this specific, these specific things this many times a day. Like you can't eat this or that. So if you mess up then you're like, Oh, there goes the whole diet. And that's why like, diets are unsustainable because it's like you having to like stick to this instead of being like how can I just incorporate things into what I'm eating without being like oh I can only have these five things because then that that is a lot of pressure on yourself to like stick to that yeah there's literally only like one piece of research around diets like one piece of evidence and it's that they don't work (laughs) so love that Love that. Hate diet culture. Love that fact. (laughs) Okay. I feel like that's a lot about the like mindset. And that kind of got that kind of got a little bit into like the shame mindset around eating poorly. Um, And oh, yeah. And like the one thing that I had thought of like mentioning is like diet culture and like cheat days. And I just what are what's your thought on the term cheat days? I I don't think it's a great thing, but I also disagree with like diet culture in general. But I don't know. How do you view cheat days as kind of a general thing? Yeah. I mean, I think that cheat days kind of relates back to the. Okay. Basically, cheat days is like a dumb term. Yes. <laughs> that's a dumb term that doesn't incorporate any of the stuff that we're talking about with like balance right like that's a, that is 
putting a connotation with food that food is bad. And like we, the biggest thing is moving away from the morality of food. Like people have this idea and I think it really, you know, I mean, it started a long time ago, but like, especially with the diet culture that was applied in the eighties, nineties and early two thousands where diets started to emerge, like Weight Watchers and South beach and things like that. People started to put this connotation of food is like good or bad. And then people started to feel, feel fearful when consuming the quote unquote bad foods, because they were like, Oh, this is going to be what, throws me off and then they would consume it and then they'd get into that snowball mindset of like, well, I already threw myself off. So now I'm not even going to focus on the stuff that I can, you know, incorporate that are going to make me feel better. So if you're like, oh, I'm having, you know, a cheat day, it'd be really hard for you to do something on a cheat day that really displaced any progress that you've made. Like you'd have to really like go crazy. And like most people don't do that. They even just see a cheat day as like, oh, yep. And on a Sunday night, I went out for a cheeseburger and it was my cheat day. And it's like, no, you just ate a cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. Like that's not what are you, who are you cheating on? Like, what is that? So I think it's really, you know, a term that just creates food guilt for people because they're feeling like they're doing something wrong, Mm -hmm. which is what, you know, I try to at least help clients move away from in understanding like nothing that you're going to do is going to affect you that much one way or the other. Like it's all about the cumulative balanced eating pattern that we're developing. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, like you said, the terminology is just bad, like calling it a cheat day because that is putting a negative connotation. And like, there shouldn't be a negative connotation around eating a burger. (laughs) Like you just, you had a burger or like you had waffles for breakfast. Like that's just what you wanted to eat that day. Don't be like, oh, this is my cheat day. So I'm eating whatever I want. Like you should always be able to eat what you want in moderation and that like you're not eating like a whole bag of chips for every meal but like if you like chips you can eat chips if you like burgers you can have burgers it's like incorporating those other things into the meal like eating a burger but like you've got like veggies on it like you've got tomato and this and that on it so right I was gonna say too is people act like these certain meals like don't have any sort of nutritional value. And it's like, okay, you ate a cheeseburger and you got protein from your burger. You got some carbs from your, uh, from your bun. you got some extra protein from your cheese and some calcium. And then you put lettuce, tomato, onion on it and you've got some fiber. Like it's not yeah. just because something is like put together a certain way makes it good or bad. And mm-hmm. I think that when we forget about the actual nutrient composition of it, yeah. that's when people start to just think like, this is going to swing one way or another when it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that because it is like, it's a burger and it like has all of those food groups on it, but you're like, oh, it's a greasy burger. So it's so bad for me. But you like do need, you need some fat in your diet and like you got protein, like a burger is actually a pretty balanced meal now that we're talking about it. But that's the example. (laughs) Like it's, it's just people when they, when they start to be able to think about it like that and breaking it down by, okay, what is this providing me? Mm-hmm. Not even saying everything all the time needs to be providing you something because like whatever yeah. you want to eat. Sometimes you just want some candy. <laughs> exactly. I literally am like so addicted to Sour Patch Watermelons. And I just saw a TikTok yesterday of this guy being like, five foods you should never consume. And one of them was Sour Patch Watermelons. And I was like, that sounds not fun at all. Yeah, as if. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that couldn't be me. Like my friends know it. We And when I was in school, we'd go puff before go puff was like a thing. We had it okay. at Penn State. And I would literally go puff myself Sour Patch Watermelons like every Sunday. And my friends knew. Awesome they at the door for Monica. So they're my favorite. But yeah, I think that, and again, like here we are still standing, you know, no food is bad or good. Yeah, we're still here. We're still alive. We've eaten burgers. We've eaten 
pretzel M&Ms as a meal. <laughs> yeah, like it happens. I feel like it's, we got to stop acting like it doesn't happen or it shouldn't happen because it, again, one way or the other doesn't make a huge difference. Yeah. And like those bad meals, like those bad meals, not actually bad, didn't destroy our lives. Like you're here as like a successful dietitian. I am a law student. It hasn't caused me to drop out yet. <laughs> Yeah. If anything, it like feeds your life because it turns into something where it's like, I enjoyed that. I had fun. It was like my friend. So yeah, it's, that's what I said too in the beginning about like things that feed your soul. Like Mm -hmm. I just need it. Like people got to live their lives. Yeah. Like you want to like think about incorporating a balanced diet when you can, because so you get all the nutrients, but sometimes maybe you're just really craving something that's not balanced, but it's going to be like, what hits your soul? It's what your heart needs in the moment. Totally. And that is just as important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Food totally does feed the body as much as it feeds the soul. As um, someone who has a mom that loves baking, like baked goods. My mom sent me a banana bread last week in the mail. And like that, it might not be the most balanced breakfast, but it is feeding my soul when I eat that for breakfast. And otherwise, like if I don't have time to eat anything, it's like I'm getting my banana bread. I'll eat a little fruit, a little yogurt. And it just... That's pretty good. Yeah. That's what you need. That's what you need. (laughs) Okay. I feel like that, that kind of, do you have any other thoughts on like kind of mindset around eating? Otherwise we can get into some like ideas of how people can start to like incorporate more balanced things into their diet. If for somebody that's like, has no idea what they're doing, we'll like break it down. But do you have any more mindset thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think that the biggest thing is, you know, deciding that you want to, if you are somebody who decides that you want to make changes to your eating pattern and what you're consuming and things like that, focus always on how you feel day to day. And people get very caught up in like numbers and measurements and things like that. I feel like that's always kind of like the the go-to when people are looking to change something about their diet is about the numbers. And it really is about how you feel day to day. Like you have to know that you're doing it because you're wanting to feel energized. You're wanting your energy levels to be up. You're wanting to, you know, feel good in the afternoon and not be crashing. And you have to come at it from that mindset because that's really how you're going to stick to it is when you're like, wow, I feel good. And I'm doing this because I want to be nourishing myself so that I feel like I'm operating and able to, you know, do my job and hang out with my friends and be with my kids or whatever it is. Like your why really needs to be about you and not about any sort of external validation or anything like that. That was beautifully said. We will leave the mindset (laughs) segment on that. That was like beautifully tied up in a little bow. I love it. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. You're welcome. Okay, Um, so now we'll kind of get into some tips and ideas of how people can start to incorporate foods in their diet to make it more balanced. So we'll we'll go from like like a how to how to have a balanced diet for dummies. We'll kind of do that. Like if you really don't know anything about food, like what even is like a balanced diet, we'll go from there. So how, if you had a new client that came in and was like, I want to eat a balanced diet. I have no idea what I'm doing. What would you recommend to them off the bat? Well, one, anybody who's looking to do that and doesn't know where to start, always work with a dietitian 
Um, like that's one of my main pieces of advice is that don't be afraid to really seek help and go to somebody, you know, whoever, like not even just me, obviously, but like anybody who's able to kind of provide you with a program that's able to walk you through it. Like my private clients know that they can come on and work with me and we go through all the basics and we implement everything and we work together for two months and we really say like, okay, let's make something that's going to be sustainable and work for you. So that is the first thing, not being afraid to you know, ask for help and say, I need somebody to really walk me through this. And I think that that's something we need to normalize on a day to day with like almost everything, because like, I wouldn't try to sit here and figure out my social media contracts and like panic about it and not know any of the legal stuff. Like I leave that to the team of people who do legal. So, yes. you know, that <laughs> you need to like, remember, it's always okay to outsource. Um, so definitely, you know, talking to a dietitian and then also, you know, and I'm assuming most people, at least this is what I tell my clients, like, and most dietitians would kind of go over is starting with really like small changes. So if you know, you're somebody who doesn't eat maybe as many vegetables as you would like, or you think that you should be having or whatever, starting with that and saying, okay, I'm going to do tiny things to start to incorporate this. I'm going to add spinach to my smoothies in the morning, or in the beginning of the week, I'm going to prep a big tray of, you know, roasted zucchini and eggplant. I'm going to have that in the fridge. That I that. <laughs> yeah, so like, and you throw it into your, your lunchtime meals or on the side at dinner, or you have some greens in there that, you know, you can make a little side salad at dinner and little things like that. But starting with the small things and then working up to other habits, other things that you can implement and things that are just going to kind of, again, snowball in the right direction of, okay. And now you know, a lot of the times during the week and on the weekends, I am incorporating foods that make me feel good. And I'm leading up to following that overall healthy eating pattern mm -hmm. that I know is going to make me feel like I am, you know, able to live my best life through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the tips, like things like making like something in the beginning of the week that you then can just like incorporate throughout the week is a good one. That yeah. um, that's definitely how I get my veggies in sometimes, because if you just like make a big like pan of roasted veggies or if you have just like even frozen veggies that you can just like add into whatever you're making, then um, I feel like almost anything that takes like less prep when it comes around to actually time to eat is yeah. what's going to make you more likely to actually incorporate them. If you're not like, oh, it's a hassle. Like now I've got to like cut up these veggies and do this and that. Like if you have it there ready to go and it's easy to add in, then that's an yeah. easy way to start incorporating more. Yeah. A couple, like even an hour or two on a Sunday of getting a few things ready for the week, whether you do a pan of roasted veggies or you prep, you know, some containers of smoothie stuff and you put it in the freezer or you, you know, make a batch of meatballs or something like that. Those little things make such a huge difference when it comes down to actually implementing during the week. And I always tell you, like, if you can set aside that time to, and I know it's not easy for everybody. And a lot of people have crazy work schedules and kids and things that they're trying to like get a, get a hold on obviously in the beginning of the week, but those small things really add up. And when it comes down to the meal time and you're able to just throw stuff in a bowl and go like makes all the difference. Yeah, and if you yeah. make things easy for yourself, you're not going to stick to it. Like you have to find ways to make things as like seamless and achievable as possible. Because if you don't, you're just going to be overwhelmed with it, and you're not going to you're not going to even try. Yeah, no, that's so true, and I think that's especially important for any of my listeners that are fellow ADHD people. We especially need things that are like really easy to do and easy to incorporate. Because when it does come around to mealtime, like if I've been doing things all day, it's like at that point, I am out of like executive function power. I'm like, I need to eat dinner 
but I have no energy left. So one of my favorite things to do is like making like um like a big like batch of like soup or like yeah. a big pasta salad at the beginning of the week because then like I made it ahead of time. So I know it's like all balanced and has everything in it. And then I can just, I have it there to pull out and eat on days when I'm like, I don't have the energy to like think of something and make something right now. Totally, totally. And that's the biggest thing too. Like I said, kind of in the beginning is like, what works for one person doesn't work for another. So really your whole journey with healthy eating should be about finding what works for you. Like, are you the type of person who you batch prep a bunch of pasta salad in the beginning of the week and you know that it lasts and you know that it's something that you can go back to? Or are you someone who's like, I don't like leftovers. My best friend, Brenna, hates leftovers. Oh, yeah, some people. Yeah, she knows that about herself. So she knows, okay, I have to make something, you know, fresh every night. And that's really fine too. It's all about figuring out what works for you and finding out how you're going to make it as sustainable as possible. Yeah, no, that's so true. Um, I have kind of a more specific meal question of how to like, how to make like, um, lunches, like easy lunches that are like sustainable, like to go, let's say like, I know a lot of people work remote now, but there's still a good amount of people that like go into work and maybe, um, they're like, oh, I've been getting like takeout every day because I don't know what to make for lunch. But now I'm like spending all this money. So I don't feel good about like spending money on lunch every day to like have something balanced. Um, I myself am terrible at making lunches (laughs) to like go. But um, so what is something that you'd recommend that's like an easy like lunch? We'll say maybe something that you can like set up like the night before because maybe or in the morning we can give like multiple options what are ideas for like easy lunches to take with you to go so you're not just like taking getting takeout every day or eating like a bag of chips because you don't know what to do yeah I don't know when people started sleeping on like sandwiches but I'm like a huge sandwich girl I gotta know what it was that people stopped making sandwiches but when I was going in the office that was like my go-to for lunches like get yourself some bread, some turkey, some cheese, some veggies, some mustard or mayo, and like make yourself a sandwich in like the morning or whatever the night before, leave the mayo off of it, add it in the morning, whatever you got to do. But I think sandwiches, wraps, there's so many different kinds of wraps doing like a buffalo chickpea wrap or a like chicken salad wrap or something like that. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm a big fan of like a big batch of chicken salad in the beginning of the week and adding it to wraps or sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Like I love doing I mean now my job is all about like creative cooking every day so it's like a little different Mm -hmm. but if I'm like not in the mood like that is such an easy way to just Mm -hmm. have your protein ready throw some veggies on the sandwich put it on your bread you've got a totally balanced lunch you can even do some like carrots celery apples on the side whatever you gotta do um to Mm -hmm. like make sure that you get nice and full but I like don't know why people more people don't just turn to that because I'm like it's always satisfying it always tastes mm-hmm. good like there's a billion different combinations mm-hmm. like I don't know I've never gotten sick of a sandwich in my life but that's just yeah. me I I haven't gotten sick of a sandwich either but I feel like it did kind of like fall off like sandwiches were like everybody yeah. was like oh yeah bring like a sandwich for lunch like that was a thing but then at yeah. some point I feel like people did stop being like sandwiches for lunch like yeah. I mean, everyone got afraid of bread for no reason. Oh, so. maybe that's it. Maybe that's why. <laughs> We're all like, I don't even know. It's like the keto movement. But I just, I tell people go back to the basics, like make yourself a sandwich. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's the move in my opinion. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a great move. And if you're like celiac or something, get some gluten-free bread, get some, there are like yeah. lots of tortillas are gluten-free. You can get like a 
cornmeal based one or something you can do wraps oh there's a million gluten-free options now yeah if you have celiac disease definitely obviously do gluten-free we don't need you to have a reaction but like yeah it's totally you there's you can still have your sandwiches (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah that's so funny okay wait I had a question in my brain what was it I don't remember my specific question, but um, do you have any other tips for like, so once you've kind of gone through the basics um, or actually different question, I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you said when you have like a dietitian client, you'll work with them for like a couple months. Is that like kind of the normal amount of time or like do some people like work with dietitians long-term or is it usually kind of like a short-term project thing like for anybody listening that's like kind of thinking about reaching out to a dietitian and maybe like the money that they'd have to put into that to pay for it like what does kind of a timeline and schedule look like for that yeah totally I mean it's it's so varies like person Mm -hmm. to person you can so I take my like initial program that I take people into is two months and then I will continue to meet with clients after like that on one-off sessions if they choose to continue and want to like keep checking in and stuff like that but no there's it's there's literally no right answer for that there are dietitians who go through insurance that you can see once a month for a year there's dietitians you can see every three months like Mm -hmm. it totally depends on what the person is looking for like if you are somebody who just wants to get like an idea of where to start and you want to go through your insurance and get a dietitian or if you're somebody who wants something a little more intensive and someone really walking you through it you can seek out a dietitian who has a like a program like mine or Mm -hmm. yeah or you can go to somebody who's more just like yeah here here's a couple ideas like get yourself started yeah so you kind of can you can make it what you want and like you can kind of like look at what your budget is and even if like your budget is only for like a couple sessions um that could still be useful and that it could give you kind of that baseline and those ideas of what to do. Yes. The main thing I tell people always look for that registered dietitian credential because uh, the word nutritionist doesn't mean anything. Like you could call yourself a nutritionist after listening to this podcast. Like, Oh my God, no way. (laughs) There's no credentialing behind the word nutritionist. So like anybody can call themselves that they can, you know, take a course or read a book or listen to a podcast and all of a sudden they're a nutritionist. So that is just something to keep in mind. Um, if you are going to be working with somebody one-on-one, always look for, it's either, and this is a little confusing, it's either going to be RD or RDN, and that's registered dietitian or registered dietitian nutritionist, but it always has the RD if they are actually credentialed right. and have their license. So it's just kind of preference of what people like to go by. I do RD just because I don't like mm-hmm. really care. Some people like to use the N, but that is just always something to look out for. Make sure you are working with a registered dietitian because we actually have the license the schooling and the credentialing. Okay. I had no idea that you didn't need like credentialing or like specific schooling to be a nutritionist. Yeah. It's scary. (laughs) I guess in my brain, I kind of just like thought of like dietitians and nutritionists the same, but I didn't realize that nutritionist is kind of like a, almost like a scam term (laughs) that like you can just say it. Yeah. And I don't even want to call it a scam term. It just should be something that like, you can't call yourself that unless you have the credentialing. In yeah, case, but that might get people mad, but whatever. Because there's other <laughs> brand and programs and stuff. I don't care. I think that you should be able to, you should have to call yourself an RD or, mm-hmm. or, or you'd have to be an RD to call yourself a nutritionist, but that's fine. Yeah. My, my two cents and it's controversial, but it is what it is. You're allowed to say it though, because you are a registered dietitian. So yeah, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> Five years of school and a license will make you, <laughs> yeah. Make- you need to earn it because they do. Yeah, exactly. You have to earn it. That's so crazy. I didn't know that. But okay. So um, I feel like 
That's a good tip. I kind of have some fun questions for you to finish off the episode then. I feel like we're winding down a bit. Um, What are... So for those of you that don't follow Monica on TikTok, she'll do this series that's saving our money during the week so we can go out with our friends on the weekend. So you've made lots of fun meals in there. I've like tried some of them. They're all super fun. But um, what are some of your favorite meals and dishes that you've made in that series that you like to share with people? Oh my gosh, that's a hard one. Um, So I feel like one of the really popular ones, I made like a turkey feta meatball that went pretty that that's been like an OG. Like I made that recipe years ago when Salt Save was just like a random little Instagram page to share with my friends and family. Mm-hmm. And that one's always been popular. So, I mean, that's like a classic. I love a turkey feta meatball. This week I actually did like a mini stuffed bell pepper where I do little, the mini bell peppers. Yeah. That was up yesterday. Um, but it's mini bell peppers from Trader Joe's. Then I do a little like turkey taco, brown rice filling, and I do cheese and pico and green onion and stuff like that. Those are always very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a couple of like random harvest bowls. I make one salad, which I actually don't even think I've done in the meal prep series, but I made like oh. a copycat sweet green salad. Um, oh. that really doesn't fit. You have to prep. do that in the series. <laughs> well, I want to, but the whole point of the series is I try to stay around $50 and that salad has like kind of a lot of ingredients, wow. but the dressing like is so good. So I like, that is one of my favorite things I've made in the last like year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that recipe and the salad dressing are on my page and maybe I'll redo it next week for everyone, but it's, okay. I'm going to go look for it now because yeah. I love it's a good sweet green. It's a little ways back. I feel like I did it in maybe like November last year okay. but, or maybe, I don't even know if that was in the new year. I think it was last year, but it's, it's so good. That's probably one of my favorite, my favorite salad I did. Mm-hmm. Was it, um, which green, not which green goddess, which sweet green salad? Was it the green goddess? Yeah. So, well, it, it was a sweet green salad that I created. Like it was a create your own. Mm-hmm. And one day I just ordered it and I was like, whatever, I'm just going to get a couple of things that look good. And I got the green goddess dressing, which is the best one there. Okay. And I recreated the green goddess dressing. And like, I am so, you can ask my friends, I'll make something and I'll be like, this is disgusting. Don't even eat it. And my friends <laughs> are like, it's so good. Like you're crazy. Mm-hmm. I am never going to be somebody who's like, my food is so good. I just don't talk that way. This salad dressing, I like nailed it. It tastes exactly like the sweet green one. Okay. And they always only give you one of those little cups and I need more mm-hmm. of that. So yes. I make, a, I make a full jar of it and I'm like drinking it throughout the week. I'm like, this is great. So it's delicious. Not actually drinking it obviously, but like it's <laughs> so good. Good it's enough so- to drink. Yeah. But I, I tried it and literally called my friend and I was like, I never say this, but I actually nailed this one. Like it tastes just like the green goddess from sweet green. I need to find that recipe now because that's like my favorite salad dressing too, but they do, they never give you enough dressing. If you get like it in a little cup to go, if you don't get it on there, there's not even an option on seamless to get more cups of it. I'm like, I will pay more for more of it. Like I don't care, but I can't even select like multiple like servings of it. It's so annoying. Yeah, my friend, one of the one of the food delivery apps you can select extra on because my friend was telling me that whenever like Postmates or something is doing like a deal, like a $20 off your order, she'll order um, a couple sweet green salads and then also order extra dressing and then she'll make more salads herself throughout the week using smart. the extra dressing. And I was like, girl, you know what you're doing. I love that. I love that. That's very smart. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, okay. So I feel like that's the main chunk of the episode. Do you have any other thoughts in general 
about eating. Otherwise, we'll do our two little closing segments that we do. I said about eating, thoughts about eating, thoughts about balanced <laughs> diets, mindset around food. I'm hungry, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I get that. No, just same thing, you know, don't be hard on yourself. Make small changes, start small, work with somebody if you need to, and understanding that like you're not going to do anything that's going to be detrimental ever. Yes, beautifully said. Okay, so um, our two little end segments that we do every time I have a guest. The first one is called the How to Be a Better Person segment. So this is for those of you that haven't listened in for Monica. It's a tip of something that you can do that's good for the world, good for people, something nice you could do for a friend, a stranger, a sustainability tip, an environmental tip, something to donate to. How can people be a better person this week? Yeah, totally. Well, so... This is actually, I'm excited about this question because I worked with a charity in December. They were doing a holiday fundraiser. They're called Sharing Access, like E-X-C-E-S-S. And they actually take donations and they take food scraps from like restaurants, grocery stores, like wholesalers, and they deliver meals to people who are food insecure. And I'm just like really passionate about their mission. One, because I feel like my big thing with my meal prep series is like use up your scraps like use everything in multiple ways so I love what they do but they just have delivered like tons of meals over the course of their their existence um and I did this little holiday fundraiser with them and helped them raise some money and they're just like really awesome so they are local to Philadelphia I don't did I say that yet um you didn't say local, that yet. they're local to Philly um but they have some cool opportunities and ways to donate on their site and stuff. So I just wanted to plug them because I think they're awesome and have like a great mission. And I hope they branch out into New York at some point. But that is like, I love them and I love what they do. Yeah, that's amazing. I wonder if there's anything like that in New York. But I remember you posting about that um, around the holidays. I was like, this is so cool that there's an organization in Philly that does that. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I actually just made plans with my friends too. We want to go to one of the like soup kitchens in New York and just do like a day of volunteering and helping to serve the food. I did that a few times in like my dietetic internship for community nutrition. We had a community nutrition rotation and I would go into, you know, underprivileged areas and help to serve that stuff. And I really want to get back into it because I, that was, there's certain things about being a dietitian that make me feel really good. And that was one of them. So I definitely want to get back into that. So Sharing access is super cool. People should totally check it out. But also just like looking around in your local, you know, community and saying, what can I do? What is out there? Can I grab, you know, a meal for somebody who is on the streets? Like I try to do that, you know, every few weeks at least. Um, but, you know, look look locally because there's a lot of need where everyone is. Yeah, especially if you're in New York. Like if you, there, there are so many homeless people everywhere and it's really sad. And like, obviously- as an individual, you can't buy food for all of them, but it, yeah. it can, you know, it'll brighten their day. If one day you buy like one person that you see a meal, you're like, here, like, what do you want for dinner? Like, let me get you something. So totally. Totally. all these people there that need things. Um, mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love that tip. Um, and then our other ending segment is it's usually like a fun activity to do in your city, but we're specifically going to do a spring activity because we're starting to get to spring. It's starting to warm up a bit. So um, you're in New York City too. So what is a fun spring activity or place to go that you'd recommend to people? 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like this one's kind of basic, but I don't know if you've ever been to Frying Pan on the West Side. Oh, I haven't actually. It's like a boat bar. It's so fun. You like go there and you get drinks and you get fries and it's right on the water and you're just like sitting up there. It's like one of mine and my friend's favorite places to go. One of my friends lives on in like Hudson Yards area and we'll go okay. over and we'll walk down the West Side Highway and we'll stop at Frying Pan and have like a few drinks and then keep our walk going. But I think it's so fun and so outdoorsy. It's not open yet. Um, I forget exactly when they open okay. in spring because if not, this is a bad tip. But <laughs> anyone in New York who hasn't gone to do that, it is so fun and I just I love the vibe there I love that okay I'm gonna have to check it out I'll give a tip too since I am also in New York City let's um let's see my tip is going to be to I'm trying to think I feel like there's somewhere I went last weekend that I liked that I had in my brain I don't know it's left my brain I'm gonna do a different one take a jog or a walk down either the east highway or the west side like just walk or jog like along the water it can just kind of be like refreshing and to be just by the water and be like oh we're outside like I'm not just in a concrete jungle I'm not just amongst all these buildings like there is nature here there is water here and just kind of vibe out especially if you have a dog take your dog with you yeah great sunsets on the west side highway i'm a big chasing sunsets person like i have been in this apartment i mean i live on the east side but i've been in this apartment at like four o'clock and i know the sun's going down and i know it's a clear day and there's gonna be a great sunset and i have just like sprinted to the west side highway and sat there and watched it so really good sunsets in the summertime there so don't miss those you got to get out of your apartment in new york you've got to you have to yeah i'm that's why i'm glad i have a dog she makes me get out and um, I will, yeah, I love to chase a good sunset. If I'm walking with her, like, at sunset, we'll just, like, we will walk west to get closer yeah. to it <laughs> as it's going down. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice because it's just, like, I don't know, sunsets are just so pretty. And I'm not a morning person, so I'm not going to see the sunrise. Yeah. I'm, I will see the sunset. I know. If, unless I have a reason to be up for the sunrise, <laughs> then, yeah, I'm probably not doing that. But I'll, I'll always watch yeah. the sun. I commend the people that, like, get up before the sunrise and they see that every day like I just like my internal clock is so like I don't know it's just so delayed like I am I cannot do mornings like I go to bed at 2 a.m I get up at like 10 most days that's a lie not 10 most days I have class at 10 most days now I get up at 9 um (laughs) 2 a.m is rough yeah I'm usually I try to be asleep at like midnight but that doesn't always happen I usually get into bed at midnight but it's a matter of when I actually fall asleep by is usually like between one and two yeah, totally get it. It's a, it's a lot of, you're still in law school, right? Yes. <laughs> you have a lot of late nights. Yeah, I have a lot of late nights, lots of studying. And because I'm like, I'm in law school, so I have like a schedule that starts at 10. I'm able to like go to bed later and get up later. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll focus on the sunsets, not the sunrise. Yeah, we'll, yeah focusing on the sunsets, not the sunrise. Yeah. Go chase a sunset after you watch this, after you watch, watch or listen after you watch or listen to this <laughs> sunset. Okay. Monica, where can everybody follow you? Where can they find you? <laughs> yes. So I, my handles on everything is salt and sage nutrition. So Instagram and TikTok, I have a website to salt and sage nutrition.com. And then if you ever are interested in like working together and working with me as a dietitian, I do take free consults. So I always like that, like vet it and see like, you know, if I'm going to be a good fit for you, I don't want anyone signing up for something that doesn't work for them, but I can just be emailed at salt and sage nutrition at gmail.com. And you can totally reach out and see if it's a good fit for you. 
Yeah. And do you only work with people in the New York area? I'm not sure how dietitian licensing works. Yes. So technically my uh, program is considered health coaching. So I'm able to go across state lines, which is really great. Um, So yeah, no, I work with everyone everywhere. Okay. Amazing. We love that. Okay. And then you guys know you can follow us Legally NYC, Instagram, TikTok. You can email us legallynycpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, topics, guests that you want in the future. Um, And you can find me, Lindsay 13 on everything. But um, thank you guys for listening as always. And thank you for coming on, Monica. So much fun. Thank you for having me. It was great. Of course. All right. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yeah.